Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast for Black Women Connect Vancouver. Girl, you know it. So I'm the founder of Black Women Connect Vancouver, which started in 2017. And Black Women Connect Vancouver is a collective of women who come to inspire, empower, and leverage our strengths and embrace our diverse experiences. It is a community where we can build meaningful relationships and celebrate the beauty of our Black womanhood. I hope that you enjoy it. Welcome everyone to our podcast, Girl You Know It. Today I'm your host, Natasia. And I'm Elle, your other host. <laughs> and I'm your other host, Vanessa. And our second episode today will be about how are you connected in Vancouver? So let's begin. Awesome. How do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> how are you connected in Vancouver? Um, I feel like I'm connected in Vancouver in a myriad of ways. One of the ways is obviously working with this organization, but uh, one of the other ways I've been connected or kind of built connections was by going to concerts, mm-hmm. um, was by randomly like greeting black people in the street. It's just like, hey, what's up? We made it. Mama, we're here. We're here. We really made it. Successful, successful. <laughs> Um, and then just like, you know, giving folks a nudge, um, largely now, at least I'm connected through the work that I do. Uh, but I did struggle for a while because the work that I did was in the space that wasn't for me. It was in the corporate world and a whole bunch of white people along with a whole bunch of other people that are just not black, uh, and in particular black women. Um, and so I find that working in this organization, but also choosing to wait for the relationships with the black women to kind of build over time and cultivate um, has been really helpful. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Elle? Well, I feel like having like grown up in Vancouver, it's been a different kind of path. Like you're like, oh, you see someone on the street and you like say, hey. Yeah. For some reason growing up here, it was like a taboo to not do that. Like you felt very pushed or weird or forced and then if you did make that eye contact with someone and they didn't do it back to you you're just like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) so it actually wasn't until like like making the connection with you and like black and vancouver that i felt more i guess confident to like kind of push it and be like hey Hey, 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 you know what I mean? Um, but I've always, I, I, I feel like I'm a social introvert mm-hmm. and I kind of make like make friendships and relationships based on like that one-on-one time. Um, so I always say that like my calendar is always full because I'm always like, we're going to hang out one-on-one and catch up. We're going to hang out one-on-one and catch up. And I, I feel like it's been a myriad of people. It's never been like, I'm only going to have, like, black friends. Mm. Um, the past year, though, has been very intentional in building up that network. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I've been very connected. Vancouver's not very big. You mm. couldn't go, uh, like, a very like, far, far, and still bump into people yeah. that you know. So, yeah. And I love that. Like, it's, it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say probably about the same. Either meet people either at concerts or... Um, like random things that were happening or people sometimes would just actually stop and talk to you and then you're like oh okay or yeah I remember even when I won tickets to the Solange concert um, and then I had gone and everyone in the group chat was just like oh we can go like on the Facebook group and they're just like inviting me to go out and so I found like that was really nice I just felt like people were well like really welcoming in those kind of settings Mm. but yeah I think unless you 
intentionally search it out, it's really, really hard to connect. Mm -hmm. And I don't live downtown. So that also is a little bit of a barrier because I feel when you are downtown, it's actually easier because like you said, you can bump into the same people, Mm -hmm. you know, where they're all hanging out. So I think that I'm, I am connected, especially with Black Women Connect Vancouver, but I can be more connected if I lived closer to the city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the city creates more of that yeah, community-based versus, like, being spread apart. And that's the issue with a lot of um, Black people in Vancouver is because we're so dispersed without with all the different cities. We're not just in one area. Yeah. 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 We're not, like, a dense that's, population. Yeah, that's really interesting because a lot of the times when we're, like, when I mentioned, like, where are people in Vancouver? And even this question says, how are you connected in Vancouver? I think of it as Vancouver and then, like, there's Burnaby and all of the other ones. Mm-hmm. But I think a larger part of why we're curious or don't see each other is because not a lot of black people live in Vancouver yeah. and that they choose to actually, or maybe it's because it's affordable out there. Yeah. But also, I've heard that, like, places like Burnaby and New West do have, like, a community kind of yes. centric mm-hmm. thing. And I wonder if it would be... I guess the next step in like building community would be to go there and like maybe not spend your weekend downtown and like mm-hmm. actually go into New West and in those places and see. But I I, I don't even know what that looks like because yeah. everyone comes here to try and find community. So mm-hmm. like I don't know how to balance that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but it kind of makes me sad to think about having to go outwards to find that community. Yeah, especially because like. First of all, people go, I'm from Vancouver. And it's like, where are you from? They're like, Langley. I'm like, that's not Vancouver. I'm talking about Vancouver. Vancouver. Like, come on. Like, and that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm in Vancouver. So, like, in my head, I would want to see those spaces. And, like, you know, that's kind of in reference back to, like, Hogan's Alley and, like, kind of having our own, like, community. Like, you know, South Asians, they may have, like, Fraser and Main Street. Like, there's, like, these little um, boroughs of, like, culture. Mm. And it's sad that we don't have our own kind of space. And even within Vancouver, there's, like, different little neighborhoods. Like, Kitsilana, not black people <laughs> at all. Like, I lived there for years, and it was not great to make connections that way. And then moving to East Van and feeling like, wow, there's more... I can see more melanin. I can I can feel more comfortable in this space. Um, so, I don't know. I, I would challenge that, like... I would want to keep pushing like with the momentum that we've had with um, this year and like the revolution and that kind of thing to keep pushing for those spaces to be made in Vancouver Um, and like physical buildings and physical neighborhoods Mm. just so people who like let's say come to Vancouver as a black person can have those touch base landing points and not feel so alone for so long yeah and that's the thing even like growing up here I felt alone for so long yeah yeah yeah, that makes sense. It absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. I think it's... I'm very interested in what Hogan's Alley is going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with all of the placards that have been up again, I know they're uh, working on a culture center or something like oh. that. I don't know if Hogan's Alley is working on a culture center or someone else is. Once again, very confused about what everyone is doing. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do see that there's an opportunity to come together and to build that kind of a community in Vancouver mm-hmm. as well. Um, I wonder though, what has it been like for everybody within your relationships and friendships and like cultivating those with black women? What have your experiences been in particular? With them feeling that they feel connected? Feel connected or just like 
in, because in general, I always think of friendships like something that happens over time. And sometimes there's a, a lull in a relationship mm-hmm. with somebody or a friendship. And you'd like meet at a concert, for example. This happened to me. I met a whole bunch of people at a concert. And then I was like, we're going to be great friends. And then there was like no communication afterwards. Mm-hmm. But it, it it's something that you have to work for and that you have to earn, which... Mm-hmm. isn't typical with like my non-black friends that I've been in friendships with so I just wonder if that's something you've experienced or like if you have any I don't know I don't know if I've significantly had that experience I think there's maybe like one or two times where like I'm like oh like I'm a social introvert and so for me even if I met like a group of people and they all wanted to hang out it would still be a one-on-one thing I don't think I would be like invite me to your next group hangout mm-hmm. it would I I just search for intentional relationships even if we're not gonna be like BFFs for life it's still that intentional sit down let me get to know you as a human being and so I usually prefer that more and I probably pursue that more so I think I don't take offense plus also being so busy I think it helps not to take offense mm-hmm. because then you're like okay that's cool I'm busy too and then if you are a social introvert you can be like okay cool and move on <laughs> let me just watch my Netflix yes. <laughs> so I think for me it hasn't been too much of an issue but I, I do see where if you're actually looking for friendships it would be a hard challenge because mm-hmm. then you're if people are flaking on you or not being consistent that's hard mm-hmm. yeah so I, that would be a very challenging thing so I mean that's also what we try to do with the creating space and events and so people find their own relationships something mm-hmm. that's curated for them to do that so yeah Um, yeah. Okay. So then how would you position yourself in like a network of black women, like being a social introvert, but like recognizing that we need those connections to kind of like not validate or black women, but like to continue to empower ourselves as black women and grow as black women. I feel like it is important to still build upon those relationships. Like how would you, or how do you find yourself situated in those networks I like I have found that like this I'm gonna keep saying it I this past year has been kind of monumentous because I wasn't intentional on having black friends like that wasn't my my thing um I struggled with actually liking being the only one Mm. it's a very weird thing to say right now but like Mm. being like the only black person and like kind of speaking to Um, certain things, not as, like, authority, but just, like, a gatekeeper to people sometimes. I mean, like, you guys can't speak on that because you're not Black. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to engage with you. Um, But recognizing that, like, the older I got, the harder it was to feel um, not necessarily connected, but um, grounded in myself without those key relationships. So one of the things that I found was living with a black woman. That was huge for me because I hadn't done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of just learning how to be black. And that was really cool and, and, and kind of situating myself in that space. And then when I went to like other non-black spaces, it was like I'm more emboldened to be black mm-hmm. and not apologetic. And, and then the more black Um, connections that I made it was like oh this feels not forced and it doesn't feel uncomfortable and I don't have to feel a little bit of shame that I would have felt like being my full authentic self with my non-black friends if Mm. that makes any sense Mm. you know what I mean yeah you also have siblings that are black that are black um how do you think those relationships differ from like what you just mentioned now the process of stepping into your blackness and feeling more emboldened by pursuing black friendships when you also have a black family Family. Mm -hmm. I mean 
me and my sisters are very different people. Um, I feel like they kind of stepped into their blackness a lot earlier than I did. So for me, it felt kind of like a resistance type thing. Um, and then once I like, not jumped on the bandwagon, but like really like flourished as a black woman mm -hmm. or, or blossomed, uh, if I could say that, um, it felt like I could connect more with them um, just because they're doing a lot of social justice work and like that's how they pivoted them or, or situated themselves um, in their own networks and in, the, in their own journeys uh, in their partnerships and that kind of thing. So I don't know. It was it's weird because like we all grew up here and it was like what whitewashing happened and that's mm. just what we had to kind of like deconstruct and process through and I kind of got there late so mm. yeah which is kind of unfortunate I think it happens when it it needs to happen yeah. I think the same thing like for me living in Saskatchewan for a majority of my young teenage life and then when I graduated moving out here it was the same thing I actually had to like get new friends and get a new community and so I think for me that this is where the balance happened for me whereas in Saskatchewan I majority did have white friends mm -hmm. and so but that was just because that's what the population looked like it does actually look completely different now but it, it's just very interesting to see and to hear another perspective about that when you grow up in a certain community and that is the biggest thing it's like you just have that in front of you so of course that's what you become your surroundings mm -hmm. and so like relearning that and, and deconstructing I think for me it wasn't necessarily a deconstruction because I think I was always just happy to be black mm -hmm. but I was also really happy to be African mm -hmm. and I think that helped mm -hmm. that correlation because I was also going back um to be able to go back home and visit and so you can kind of ground yourself into like yes. who I am this is my community and you're not a minority when you go back and so it's like coming back you're like you remember like oh, okay this is what I intentionally want my life to look like in my relationships and so I think that's what helped me to be able to do that and actually it's very interesting I think I've always just had multicultural friends in, in different races and ethnicities but yeah, I'm noticing now I actually do have a majority of black friends, which is interesting, actually. It's actually not weird. It's, it's just, like, interesting that, like, the shift happens when it happens is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I also don't want people to feel, like, pressured of, like, I don't have black friends. Like, exactly. I only have white friends. I'm like, that's still okay. Yeah. It doesn't make you less black or less this or, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, like, we're still, we, and we're diverse in our backgrounds. It's So mm -hmm. it just will look different for all of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, can, I can resonate with what you're saying about being, um African and then also like being black and being raised in South Africa as well you mm -hmm. have the opportunity to have the reverse happen mm -hmm. that's here because okay. the majority you know black folks and then um here is the reverse I think what was really interesting for me when I moved here is that the friends that I made were based on the environment that I was in yeah. and so when I was a nanny a lot of the nannies that are here are like very like different there's like filipino women yeah. and there's like europeans and then there's like south americans like a whole bunch of different people um and i was like oh this is cool but the relationships are very superficial because mm -hmm. we're focusing on the children mm -hmm. and then i started working in corporate and all of the people that were around me were majority white and um then that became like my 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 friend network i think for me the big transition was leaving my corporate job and then noticing like oh these were just people that were friends because we were in the same <clears throat> environment and then being intentional about choosing who I want to bring mm -hmm. into my space mm -hmm. and it happened simultaneously with the whole like 
BLM thing rising up again and you know everything happening and it wasn't like I'm like oh ex name you know white friends or whatever the mm-hmm. case is but right now is such a tough time for me that I don't want to have to explain why it's a tough time I want to rather have an opportunity to be with people who understand me and who get me and who don't need a lot of explanation because they know exactly what I'm talking about and that's why I now have I think majority like yourself black friends um and it's a very interesting thing to do to be intentional about that and i felt kind of guilty to be intentional about that as well then i think of all of the friends that i had back home and they were like all black friends and i was like i wasn't even like yearning for white friends or not like it's it's a very different battle and i don't know how to reason with it in my head so i'm like am i being mean am i being prejudiced or like is this just something that's comfortable for me because of who i am and where i come from so yeah, it's been it's been quite challenging. So it's so funny. Two things. <clears throat> Number one, I forgot that sometimes I forget that I'm African because like, yeah, I know. I, 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 when I said it, you were like, "Oh yeah, I, I can see the click." I always forget this only because I was born and raised here. We don't go home. Like I'm Kenyan, and we don't go home to Kenya like very often. As in, like I've only been back once. So it's hard to situate myself as like oh yeah, like there's this whole other perspective or part of my identity that lies in like this population that is all black. Mm -hmm. And I I went back when I was 12. So like that's like decades ago Mm -hmm. now, you know what I mean? So that is huge. And I'm like, oh, mind blown a little bit. Um, Number two, to your point about, you know, being intentional about like who you draw in and who you like decide to share space with. I also want to recognize that I do have a lot of non-black friends who get it and who are doing the work so well. Mm-hmm. Like to the point where I sometimes lean on them for like like stuff that come up. And I know that I have like one really good friend um, who like every time something has happened in for BLM or whatever in the States, she's messaging me like, hey, how can I support you? You know, I, I want to be here for you. She's done the work. So there there is that balance of like, yes, surrounding yourself with people who look like you, but also there's a lot of tension with having a lot of people who look like you surrounded, surrounding you, but like also not doing the work, mm. right? Like <clears throat> in terms of like managing, you know, perceptions and like their own anti-blackness that they've been socialized and have to process through so i just want to like put that out there i was like i don't want to be like i don't live black friends that's how it is it's like no yeah i think we all feel that no we all feel that yeah 100 like i'm not being like oh don't ever have any i think it's just a different transition right now for us Yeah, yeah yeah and you have to be doing the work like even my you know close intimate people that I hold I hold them accountable and I'm always just like okay cool well this is a thought that you have but remember where we are like Mm -hmm. contextualize yourself because sometimes we talk about comfort or sometimes we talk about success Mm -hmm. as a black community here given what we've gone through um, what they've gone through that's also a really weird thing like am I the black community that's here can I talk about me being part of the history can I be like what we went through but really I didn't (laughs) I know I hear you go through something else it's really weird yeah um 
but you know being able to contextualize yourself and be like cool we can make these strides Mm -hmm. but we're living on stolen territory Mm -hmm. right and so comfort is different and for me I feel like that's where a lot of my conversations are going to as well it's like cool so you're woke here and you're woke here but like are you woke here too because like it's it's a whole thing that you need to juggle but it's a lot to juggle as well and so yeah, COVID's kind of kept me just staying in my house. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't need to talk to people. I don't care what other perspectives are. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's hard. So let's talk about accountability. So we talked about friendships. We talked about like, well, we haven't really talked about relationship, but just other relationship work, friendships, I guess. <laughs> it depends. Some people are close to their friends, but don't I don't go out with their friends, the work friends. So, but yeah, let's talk about accountability in the community. If you're trying to connect in Vancouver as a black person or a black woman, how do you keep people accountable? What are ways that you have been doing that? I think it's really different depending on like who your friend is and what the nature of your friendship slash relationship mm-hmm. is as well. Um, I think for myself the one way that I've noticed my brain tries to keep me accountable is I will overshare with people and I'll be like, hey, oh my goodness, I'm going to do all these 27 things. And then people will be like, oh, where are you with this thing? Where are you with this project? And it helps and it also harms me in terms of that accountability practice. I need to refine what that looks like. But that that's, that's what it is for me. Like I love sharing what my ideas are with other folks and then um giving them space to hold me accountable mm-hmm. so like I won't ever lash out and be like oh my goodness how dare you this was said in privacy like why are you using it against me like I'm not dramatic mm-hmm. sometimes lies lies we're just <laughs> Um, I'm not dramatic. Pick up on that line. I'm not dramatic. And um, you all. I forgot. Made me laugh. Oh yeah, accountability. Um, And so it's just a matter of figuring out like who's going to be accountable for you, what their skill set is as well. But what's their like mode of operation because for me my accountability as you will know comes from chatting like mm-hmm. if I don't like something I'll talk about it mm-hmm. and Natasha rolls her eyes at me sometimes and I noticed it even yesterday I was like mm, okay cool I'll keep quiet then um but yeah I like I like absolutely verbalize it and chat about it because that's the best way for me to get to somebody whereas harboring it and like festering it and being like oh I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt I don't play benefit of the doubt anymore like in as much as I will go out to prove myself to you you have to do the same not in a like a cheap inhumane way um but that's the one accountability the other accountability that I would like is somebody who um plan self-care things with me so like Mm. if covid wasn't happening but like the spa day that we had planned that would have been absolutely amazing going for a picnic that we did that Mm -hmm. last time as well but just to have somebody external to myself to like be that nudge Mm. and be like hey let's go for a walk let's go for a picnic let's go for this have Mm -hmm. you taken a break and like that encouragement to take care of myself because i absolutely override it with Mm everything that I've told that I'm going to do. So I'm just trying to like play catch up in some ways as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And I think um, 
for me, I'm also like, I'm a verbal processor. So it's like, I do have ideas in terms of like the same thing where it's like, I have all these things that I want to do, but I'll keep them to myself until I want to execute them. But then I also just, if like a problem happens, I have to verbally process and I'm like, find someone. It's like either my sister or my friends. I'm like, um, you already know that I need to process verbally. So I'm just letting you know, (laughs) I don't want you to fix my problem. (laughs) I just need you to listen. So I kind of, I understand that, but yeah, I I get, I get nervous to share things that I want to do because I'm scared of people asking me Mm. if, when I'm going to do it, because I want to do it in my own timing Mm. and I want to do it well. I never want to start something and it's a mess. And so I feel like anytime people force something to do like happen, then I'm like, I feel like I'm catching up to do something I'm not passionate about. If to Mm. me, if passion isn't behind it, if integrity isn't behind it, I don't want to be behind it. There's no point because I don't function behind just a lull of just doing something just to do. So yeah, I definitely struggle with that. So I'm trying to find that balance of like, telling people so they keep me accountable I'm like what's your next step but at the same time also be like I want to protect this part of me till I'm ready so it's it's a hard balance so I kind of I understand yeah Yeah. but I am the same with the self-care thing like I like like because I like the one-on-one thing I I do want when people are like oh like let's do this let's just hang out let's just be chill or yeah let's go to a winery or you know something that's like relaxing the atmosphere is like relaxing and honestly like the only reason I like going to wineries is because you're in the field and you're like in the middle of nowhere and you just get to like you get to have a picnic you get to have whatever and just relax with the one or two friends so mm-hmm. it's more of like a relaxing instead of sitting in a restaurant mm-hmm. and so I find that just like really calming so yeah I I get that yeah mm-hmm. I am really or I feel like I'm really good at um holding people accountable I'm not the best at like being held accountable in terms mm-hmm. of like openness to mm-hmm. it which is why I would kind of sit in your camp and go I don't share what my plans are literally until I'm like it's It's good to go it's 90% like planned out I'm literally just gonna roll it out and then I share because if because I I, I feel like there's this pressure to perform and be perfect Mm. and that's something that I put on myself I know like socialization of like black women but like I put this like high standard to myself and then I think about it like but I would never do that to like you mm. like hey how can I support you in getting to your goal like you told me mm. that you were gonna do this but for myself like I can't yeah. take it so then I go you know no, 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 I'm not gonna share until like I'm ready mm. but I I think because I've built a lot of friendships through my social like introvertness I I like being like okay like what can I do to help you how can we like mm-hmm. like go along in the process um and, and I feel like that's been helpful, but I, I'm, I'm still on my journey mm-hmm. in, like, being held accountable. I think the only people can hold me accountable at this point without me, like, flipping my shit or still flipping my shit and, like, being like, okay with it is my sisters. Mm-hmm. And being like, yo, but, like, you said you're going to do this. Yeah. Like, where, where's the action behind it? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, it's coming from a place of love. And I know that you're going to love me all the time and I'm going to love you all the time, but, like, damn yeah and also totally okay I gotta do it's hard it's hard when someone tells you like these are the things that you should be doing can you do better in this area because yeah and it's also like and then when people are like do you not like being vulnerable like no like does anyone sit there being like I love vulnerability like like, what is this question of course no one likes it so yeah I definitely struggle with that so since we've both spoken about requiring, and even yourself, all requiring that level of nurturance and that level of care, mm-hmm. 
how do we do that for ourselves if we can't find other people to um, be the nudge? How do we, yeah, how do we nudge ourselves? That is a great <laughs> question. That is the question of the year for me. I think I do not know how to ever do it. I think I just crash and burn and then try to pick up the pieces from the crash and burn. I honestly, self-care is something that I just, I'm terrible at. Like, I don't know how to do it well. I like struggle with it in every way. Like sleeping, from sleeping to eating properly to like, yeah, not seeing enough people sometimes when I should be seeing people, but I want to be alone to like just working too much. I do have a problem with like overworking myself because I think I set this expectation of like, you need to do this, 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 and this. How are you going to accomplish it? And that's where my struggle comes in because it's like in my mind, I have all these plans that I want to do. And then at the same time, it's like, if I don't take care of myself, how am I supposed to do these plans? Yeah. And so that's where the, yeah. So it's like this cycle I constantly seem to be trapped in and I'm trying to figure out what my self-care looks like. I think like post accident, I'm like, I was like, I was running a lot. I was working out. I was doing a lot of that. And now I can't really do any of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the struggle comes in with me of like, how do I do self-care now when everything was so physical? Mm -hmm. So I'm learning to turn that into like a mental self-care and I just don't know what that looks like yet mm. so yeah it makes it hard because it's like as we talk about how do you connect in Vancouver when so many people are like we're all gonna do this yoga thing or we're all gonna do this like physical yeah. thing and I'm like well can't join <laughs> but like if anyone wants to do like a mental self-care <laughs> event <laughs> I will come out so I think that like that yeah, that's something that I want to find or I mean maybe I have to create it too but like it's just yeah I just don't know what it looks like yet mm. so that's just something that's hard for me right now yeah I think for me it was, it's been a hard letting go of like my perception of what self care looks like, yeah. and feeling like I'm weak for needing self care, which is wild. Uh, this year, I was like, okay, I'm gonna take a step. I'm gonna start therapy. I'm gonna like be intentional about it. And I think having a third party who's not my friend who I'm paying to parrot back what I'm saying and then for it to sound ridiculous, of course it sounds ridiculous. And then be like, okay, now we're making action steps as to like how to uh, deconstruct that like framework that is so destructive to your like operating system um, has been very helpful and as much as I was like telling people oh you should totally do therapy oh girl you should do therapy I wasn't doing yep. it I was like, oh how like, how? like come on Elle. so like starting it and like oh wow this is really helpful and like I'll like go into like an old tendency and be like wait like I know like a full on like action step to stop myself from getting yeah. to this point um and being more aware of how my body feels mm -hmm. in times of stress like I would ignore it and then it would be like why am I having like like trouble breathing like why am I feeling like I'm panicked and then it's go oh you're overstressed mm -hmm. like being able to like identify being in my body more being more mm -hmm. present has been helpful as like a self-care act um and then um I've actually been in a, like a group therapy type thing. So like furthering connections with other black women and like our lived experience and just hearing uh, all the snaps being like, oh yeah, we totally get that. Like, <laughs> like just like, like, you know, it's true and you know, it's real, but then also having a facilitator be like, yeah, that's a real thing. And like, how can we make a plan as a group to like deconstruct that and mm. like tackle it on, you know, so that's kind of where I've, 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's, that's... It's been really great. Yeah. Like, I look forward lovely. to it, like, every two weeks. And I'm like, I'm doing, no! Wednesday evening is wrong! You say it in that voice. I say it in exactly that voice. You will get to know so all my voices. <laughs> that must be great. <laughs> <laughs> so continuing so when we talk about connecting in vancouver um how do you approach other people if you want to work with someone you say they're doing great things they want to be like oh let's work together because i have this thing like let's do this and so how do we do that like if i wanted to connect with someone else like how have you found the best way to do those connections yeah like Go you to start their events and then walk up to them afterwards and be like hey you're awesome let's do this <laughs> that's literally what you did didn't you say you wanted oh, yeah, me true. to do this you said you wanted people i'm the people <laughs> uh honestly though and i think that's how i've made most of my um new connections is taking the initiative because the worst that could happen is like they say no, yeah. and then they say no for the meantime because I'm that person. Wow. Um, wow. But, like, <laughs> they say no, and then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, at least I know that, like, this isn't in my ball game. But mm. rather than walking away and wondering, oh, do they still need help? Was this something that I could have thrived at and succeeded at? Mm. Is this a relationship that I could have built with somebody? Um, but then also not jumping right to seeing everyone as this, like, automatic best friend Mm. because yes back home we have like this and i'm only saying ubuntu because i was talking to one of my other friends yesterday and she kept like saying it but we have ubuntu and ubuntu means like my soul existence is based on your soul existence and like everyone has this undercover we want to make sure that you're at least good yeah even when we see you in the street. Yep. So that means greeting each other because when you greet each other, you validate somebody's existence. That's mm-hmm. why a whole bunch of homeless people start screaming and they don't, and they scream because they scream for attention. They scream for you to say, hey, I see you. I see you. you exist in this world mm-hmm. like you're a person mm-hmm. and you're not a nothing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that for me is how I've tried to bring it in here as well. That's why I'll greet people when we yeah. went to lunch. Yeah. I was greeting all of the black people that are walking past. Yeah. I was like, hey, what's I'm like, do you know them? <laughs> She literally literally would like wave us like, hey, hey, hey. And then we're like sitting on the patio, hi. And I'm like, what? (laughs) But it's cute. I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. Literally. And because for me, it's like I want you to feel A, like you're seen because a lot of the times when I am walking in town, I do put my head down. I do feel like I want to wear an invisibility cloak and just be like, don't notice me because I'm just doing something simple. But when we see each other, I want to be able to bring people up and be like, hey, what's up? I We made it. You know what I'm saying? Um, wherever you might be from, to be able to bridge that. Because it also makes me aware that I'm not alone as an individual. A lot of times we deal with things on our own, in our heads, in our own houses. And we feel like we're alone. We feel like nobody's there for us. But when you're constantly talking and hitting those pings, like we're playing. What's that game that everyone plays now? And then they like go to a spot and then they're like, oh, what is it? And then they're like picking up little gobazors or whatever they uh, call Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. It's like Pokemon Go, but it's like humans. So I'm just like, <laughs> so like hey, real life. Bing, 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 bing. And I'm like, transforming you, Transformador, into a friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but really, that's how I do it. So I just stalk people. I remember one of my friends, I stalked her on a bus. 
uh, I was sitting in the front of the bus. She sat all the way at the back. And then I, like, slowly made my way to the back. I took my one earphone out. And I was like, hey, are you South African? And she looked at me and she was like, yeah. And then I spoke in a South African language. And she repeated back. And I was like, boom, we're friends. Yeah. Do or die, right or die. <laughs> Literally. Do or die. Uh, so let's go. And now we're still friends. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard for us introverts who, like... <laughs> Because I cannot do that. I can't. And so I find that people actually approach me to be their friend. And and be, the problem is being a social introvert is people in social settings think that you're an you, extrovert. You're an extrovert. Like, you must, like, yes, with yes. Everybody. You want to be my friend. You want to hang out every day. And I'm like, but no. But, but I do want to be your friend. <laughs> so it's like this weird tension inside of you where it's like, no, he friends, but friends. Yes. So I, I struggle with that for sure. I think that most of the friends that I've made actually came up to me and became mm -hmm. my friend yeah I don't know so I don't know but I also kind of when I do want to like there are times where I do see people I'm like I really want to be their friend like be my friend and so that makes it hard because then I'm like how do you do this and then I don't know what to do but then I also like at the same time I like to observe people and their character and stuff like how do they walk and stuff because I feel like at this age I'm just looking for intentional friendships so it's yeah. like I don't want like friend that just like random coffee dates here and there because mm. to me that's more exhausting yeah. um so I think that, that I'm just in that stage right now yeah mm -hmm. um I'm not a I, I would agree 100% with you but like in terms of like collabing I don't feel like I I'm there like I'm not a person who's there to be like I want to like work with someone I want to do that kind of thing just because I I'm, I'm not like I, I feel so nervous about that I feel so like anxious about that mm -hmm. so my approach is not it's nothing <laughs> it's just like I like rely on people who be like I think you guys work well together I'm like oh thank you so much <laughs> for making that connection for me because i'm just like it's a lot of pressure and like, yeah all, like, I, that's, that's fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah i mean it's the same thing it's like unless it's like i want to work together like the same thing is like is there a drive behind what you want to collaborate with is there a passion behind it? like yeah. what is the purpose i don't want to just do it just so we can get our names out there because i don't work that way i don't work to get my name out there at all yeah. and and so i think that as long as people have like a, a distinctive purpose and drive towards something then i'm like oh yeah let's definitely collaborate because that's definitely what i'm passionate about too mm -hmm. we may not be friends afterwards but we're our drive is something you know yeah. like we're heading towards somewhere for the greater good mm -hmm. so to me i'll always collaborate for the greater good versus just like we need to do this 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 for black women i'm like yeah for black women but like how can we also make a perfect like purposeful thing mm -hmm. for black I women i feel like i'm learning that critical lens mm -hmm. from like like our collabs mm. like just being like do we want to collab with them do yeah. we want to work with yeah. them is it going to like elevate us in the best way possible is it going to like serve our purpose period yeah mm. no yeah. then it's like it's, it's like learning how to say no to yes collabs, yes too. for sure and like i like for me at the beginning i would have been like yeah yeah, yeah. and then you're like no yeah. <laughs> i was like okay and sometimes a no right now just means a, like a yes later yeah. right it's just like in this time we're just not maybe set up for it or we're just whatever like this is not where I'm going yeah. um, I think the biggest thing for me is like what is mission drift right like we all have our 
lively life, whatever we live our lives, like we all have our own mission statement mm-hmm. that we live out in our in the world. And then we also have the mission statement of Black Women Connect Vancouver. So mm-hmm. what does that look like? Right. So that's what I always go about. Like, what is my mission statement? Does this person we want to they want to like collaborate with me? They want to work with me. But what is my mission statement? What is their mission statement? Do our values align for us to work together? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I always go about it. I'm like, if our values don't align for right now, then it's like, OK, well, let's talk about this in a year from now. And if it's just in general, we'll never align. It's just like, I just don't think I am the person for you, but let me refer you to blah, 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 who's doing the same thing as you. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I think a lot of the times for myself, I entertain people so that it's not just their... Like if somebody sends me an email and they're like, oh, I want to do this with you. I want to collaborate, right? Given if it's a substantial email, it would with my missions and my values and stuff. But, you know, if it ticks even one box, I'll give them an opportunity Mm. to, like, say what it is that they want to do because, you know, at the end of the day, even working as a recruiter, like, not everybody's great at drafting an email. Not everybody's great at written communication, which is fully expressive, right? Not everybody has the, um, like both of you are saying, like, you know, that extroversion to be like, ha, 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 I know all the things I want. So I do like to give people that opportunity, but it's also... It charges me to be with people, period. But it is also draining. And I think I'm noticing now how to make a better, a better, a better version of that, right? Mm -hmm. To be like, I will give you the opportunity, but like maybe you have to tick more than just one box now. You have to tick two or three of the boxes. Mm -hmm. um, And then we can go out and decide what it is that we are looking at. And I think that comes with also establishing our own personal Mm -hmm. value that we have for ourselves, right? Just like we saw with one of our teammates, you know, her her personal value went up, but we were also like, girl, you're worth more than that. Mm -hmm. Do it, you know? (laughs) And then like, amping that up will make other people be like oh wait you valued yourself at 30% last time now you're valuing yourself at 120% yeah. it's like yeah because I'm worth it because all that is required is for this and this to say that I'm valuable yeah. then everything else has to fall into line and yeah. fall into place so that's been the biggest thing for me when I'm making relationships or connecting but even when people DM me for the, the okay I have to say this because it's come up in my mind twice now the worst thing that I hate is like when there's a post, either of mine or somebody else's, that's doing really well, and then you get those folks in there that are just opportunists, and they're like, I do eyelashes when the post is about something completely different, yeah. like a diet or whatever, or they're like, I do animation, I think you will. I'm like, yeah, comments aren't a communication for me, I don't no. Respond I to comments like that. Don't look at I am I am fully open to getting DM'd. Like I am fine. My platform's still pretty small, so I'm like, cool. DM me. I'll have time to respond to people. Um, but yeah, I just don't. That drives me crazy, and I'm like, what an opportunist. That's so weird. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think there's just so many different ways that we can learn to connect in Vancouver, and how do we figure that out and try to navigate during this like. Vancouver is such a weird city. It's also not friendly, you know? It's like when we go to, like, to Toronto or whatever. It's like you can go anywhere and you make friends. And yeah. It's like next thing you know, like you're hanging out with someone. And so, or like meeting someone from a different country. I just feel like Vancouver sometimes isn't that. Mm. Um, so I think how, like what advice would you give people? Like as we wrap up, like what is a, a good way to connect in new Vancouver? People? I think both ways. Like so there's new people. Like so we've experienced like being new in Vancouver. Al, you've lived here. But also being new, but then also you've lived here for a long time. How do you proactively get connected within the black community or even as a black woman? What is some advice that you've experienced? 
as a black woman? Oh, I don't know. I feel like my advice would be to like exhaustively look. And I know that sucks to say in here, but like exhaustively look because if you don't, so many missed opportunities will happen. Mm. Like there's so many gaps. Like I've heard so many people, women, men, anything say, I didn't know that this is here for like a year. I've been here for a year and it's like, like how? So like search terms and everything and just like continue your search until you find something that like falls into like alignment with your values and your mission statement and your interests and your passion. Cause I, I there it's out there. It's out there here in Vancouver in the greater Vancouver area. It just, I guess takes some time mm. um, to find. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think my advice would be similar to Al's adding on to that is as you're exhaustively searching for other people, exhaustively search for yourself Mm. and because when you find yourself when you value yourself right in any encounter that you have you have something to offer as well you know what you have to offer Mm. and um yeah like that goes back to the thing with collaboration like saying let's collaborate versus saying i do all of this stuff this is how i think i can help you in this moment is much better and i can receive that because i know what it is that you can do for me and i think that goes the same with relationships and like being part of the black community is like if you're trying to do something that stands out what are you trying to do who are you trying to uh collaborate with and work with as well but even in just individual relationships with people know who you are like deal with the deal with that like inner internalized anti-blackness anti-women anti-class all of these other things and find people who are also doing that as well to match it up correctly that would be my advice Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah that's good advice i think for me i think the best advice would be um yeah, like you said, actively search and making sure that you're putting yourself out there. I know it's hard, especially if you are introverted, it's hard to put yourself out there in those settings. But then, like you said, knowing your worth. So it's like, am I worth getting to know? Right. And so it's like you will find it. You will search it instead of sitting at home being like, I have no friends. I have no connection. I have no black friends. There are a lot of black spaces out here and for all different things. Right. And so there's a lot of black artists out here and like we're doing different event things and other things that are coming up. There's other people that are doing different spaces. So it's like, it's all there for you. You just have to look for it and, and actually like be proactive about it and be consistent because it's one thing to be like, I need to look for blah, blah, blah. blah. And then you go to one event and be like, I connected once. No one connected with me. You have to be sticking to it. Like there has to be a consistency because yeah, you went to one event, but okay <laughs> like exactly. how many things have we all done once and we're like we're never doing it again or like oh i remember i did that one thing five years ago so be consistent in whatever you're doing i think that that's always just the greatest advice is to be consistent in life and in your connections if you want to stay connected in that community mm-hmm. yeah i'll like say that. consistency i like yeah. that a lot mm-hmm. so anyways that was a great discussion yeah, yeah I enjoyed yeah. this. Yes. Me too. I can't wait for the other. <laughs> oh no! So cheers. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. cheers. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. It's always amazing to get an opportunity to chat with these lovely ladies. So, if you're looking to follow us off of the podcast and you're looking to catch up with some of the content that we have, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook 
and on YouTube, all at Black Women Connect Vancouver. We also have a website for you at blackwomenconnectvancouver.com, which is where you can sign up for our mailing list and our newsletter so you can keep updated with our growth and all of the other events that we have planned for you. Catch you later. Bye.